I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track Podcast. My name's Stu Ivin. I'll be your host today. It's another week, therefore, it's another episode. Today's episode. I am speaking to Abe Cunningham of Deftones. Um, I mean, when I set this podcast up uh, a year and a half ago, if someone would have said to me, yeah, you're going to be chatting to uh, Deftones, I would never have believed you. Um, I've got to thank Emma so much for um, facilitating this interview. Uh, And you're in for a treat because um, Abe's such a nice guy. And uh, and we chat about all the records that have soundtracked his uh, creative journey today. And we obviously talk about new Deftones record. Um, it's just a wonderful chat. And uh, and you're about to hear it. But beforehand, um, I just want to say a quick thank you to 76 for producing this podcast. Um, big thanks uh, and much love to Scroobius Pip and my brothers and sisters at the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, and if you enjoy this podcast um, and it's your first time listening to Off the Beaten Track, um, when you finish listening to uh, this chat with Abe, then go and have a look in the archives because you'll find 150 or so episodes with some of your favourite musicians, actors, producers, DJs, comedians. Go and go and have a little look around in the archives and see if there's anything else that um, that you enjoy. And if you've really enjoyed this and you want even more content, then I do also have a Patreon page. You can support Off The Beaten Track um, over there where I put up three radio shows a week and video content and all manner of goodies. So um, you can find out about all of this stuff at offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Let's get back to business. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Abe Cunningham of Deftones. Listen up. I've only got another new sponsor, Egg Fried. It's this super cool clothing label and... If you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, And again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. 
Off the Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Right, we're recording. I am joined today by Abe Cunningham of Deftones. Hello. Hello there, Stu. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Where are you at right now? Uh, well, good evening to you. I am in... Where am I? I'm in. Uh, I'm at home. I'm in California, uh, Sacramento. Smoky as can be. Fires all around. Really, uh, it's already summertime. It's hot as as well, and something called COVID. All these things kind of. Uh, yeah, that's you know. uh, that's that's a pain at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I'm just uh, concerned about everybody. We're not directly being burnt, but I live in it's the valley, so all the smoke in the surrounding areas is kind of coming in and sort of yeah. hovering and. It's just, it's pretty much what happens these days, you know, but it's all lightning strikes and man, just really bad. So, but. Shall we distract ourselves from, uh, from, from that and, and uh, immerse ourselves in talking about some great records? I think that sounds like a plan. Wonderful. Abe, what's the song with the greatest ever intro? Well, I gave you answers and that was, they were all from yesterday. Mm-hmm. So they can all change today, but that's the way my mind works. I, I, uh, I came up with um, Eminence Front by The Who. Um, it's just one of those ones where it just, it just uh, you know, it's obviously later Who too. It's not, uh, it's not Mooney playing drums. It's Kenny Jones, you know, but it's just, uh, I just love the way it goes. And it just comes in with that, bah, 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 boom, bah, dah, uh, uh, and it just goes, you know, and it's, it's just one of those ones. I could give you a thousand other answers, but uh, that's one that really, really struck, struck me. Um, I've got to be honest, Abe, I'd never heard that track before. And uh, my, my kind of, sort of knowledge of, of, of The Who kind of is pretty much pre-80s. Because I think that 82, I think, that album. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, it's quite hard to work out where the sort of intro ends and the song starts. It's quite a sort of mammoth intro and it builds and builds. It's got a lovely groove to it as well, hasn't it? That's the, probably what struck me was the groove. I think it's got a, it, it has that great, it's like an arpeggiated sort of just a keyboard synth patch yeah. going, you know, um, which, you know, Bob O'Reilly earlier, earlier stuff did as well. But, yeah, of course. Uh, but it's kind of a, you know, it's a, it's a quintessential uh, who sound, you know, that, yeah. that sort of thing. So, but I think it was the groove, man, the groove just really just sort of just, yeah. it's, it's bouncy, but it just, it's forward momentum, you know? Yeah, 100%. Okay, I, the second track I'm going to ask you to, uh, to to pick. I want to know the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. Okay, so this is funny. Um, so my parent, my my father was a drummer. My my I'm sorry, my stepfather was a drummer. My dad was a bass player. I grew up just around music all the time. So my earliest memories are crawling around at gigs and just you know as a baby, just knocking things over and being enamored by drums and amps and the smell. Um, but I, um, my parents had a piano and on top was an old turntable, kind of a combination receiver with, you know, all in one yeah, kind of yeah, thing, yeah. Like 70s, 60s, 70s. So, and I remember I would put on, um, the song fooled around and fell in love by, uh, Elvin Bishop. Um, and it just, it's to this day, uh, when I hear, it, I just like, it's one of those ones. I just beautiful record. Yeah. Just, just that song in particular. And then of course, I, I think, uh, also, I would go pick out uh, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, which is yeah. from the same year of my birth as well. We don't have to talk about that year. But uh, <laughs> that's one I would just always pull out and I would go and we had the LP. I still have the LP. It's all scratched and just horrendous. But uh, I would put it on and I was probably maybe three, you know, had been out a few years. I put it on the turntable and I would go and just hold on to my parents' speakers and just rock back to those 
you know, so those are the memories, you know what I mean? And the yeah. speakers were taller than me. I was just a little toddler and um, really just, uh, you know, stuck. And um, what would the emotion have been, Abe? The emotion? Hmm. I just, I, I don't know. I think it was just the, um, I don't believe I knew much about me. I didn't, you know, know anything about music at that point. I just, uh, I just, <laughs> for the Elf and Bishop song, it was just this 45, a little, yeah. a little single that I just loved. It maybe was my size. So I could hold on to it. And yeah. And put it on. Um, but the Pink Floyd stuff just to this day is one of my all time, all time favorite bands. And um, just that record, man, all those sounds, the clocks, the ticking, the the, the drums and the, the reverb of things and just the, the way that it was produced was you know, recorded so well. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah that, that that record just sounds like somebody just delivered it from another planet, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, I believe I believe that might be the case. And like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's probably where their heads were at the time, anyway. Right. Um, okay, so aside from um, the, the the fact that you know you, you, your folks were in bands and stuff, was you exposed to sort of records in that growing up? Was there always records being played at home? Always. Yeah. And, and my mom was a chef. So I grew up in restaurants as well. And there was always the best music was, you know, in the kitchens, man, you know, just yeah. everyone, this is the seventies and eighties as well. So, you know, um, and I always fancied myself being in a band that was a mix of probably the police, uh, uh, English beat and maybe, uh, the attractions, Elvis Costello, like those are, you know, like, yeah. and cause Elvis, the, the attractions could do anything. Yeah. They could play anything, you know, they play the hell out of anything. Yeah. And, uh, I was, enamored by that because you know it, we didn't have to be this one thing i was like wait we can you know even our band today we're not we don't sound like the attractions but uh the fact that they were you know they could play all these different things and it didn't have to be just one thing yeah you know the police as well but uh i definitely get that with the attractions i definitely yeah. like oh. um okay well um for track three i'm gonna ask you the song that reminds you of your time at school so Okay, so here's my question. School, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing, uh, I'm going for my school days are going from probably middle school, junior high, yeah, in the state, yeah. you know, seventh and eighth grade on through high school. Yeah. Of course, music was, was everywhere all through my, you know, from birth, conception, which was immaculate, by the way, <laughs> uh, to, uh, to, you know, everything. But I, I just, it's funny, I had to narrow, narrow it down to one. There was, there was a million songs, but... Uh, Howard Jones, um, known as to blame, is the first song that I remember being heartbroken to. So I'm going to ask a drummer this question. Yeah. Do you know who plays drums on that? I do. You do? <laughs> Ringo. Ringo Starr. No. No, that's Phil Collins. That's Mr. It Phil is. Collins. It is. Oh, yeah. Um, I was a ridiculous Howard Jones fan. Uh, yeah. And and that that tracks a beauty. It really is. I mean, there's, there's many more, but that one really uh, that was huge in the states. That that song in particular. Um, and I remember having my first heartbreak moment. Uh, and I was probably in maybe seventh grade, and I think uh, you know back then we would, we would ask, I didn't have big enough uh, testicles to ask this girl out. So, um, <laughs> I would, I would, we would always, we were friends from the neighborhood and we'd always walk to school and I waited, she was about a block ahead of me walking with her friends and I said, hey, and I got enough nerve to, hey, you want to go with me? Go where? Go, go out, I guess, go with, I don't know what that means. Go with, you want to go with me? And that meant, you know, I meant go out, but yeah. I, I don't know, I wasn't going anywhere, I had no car, I had no skateboard and uh, anyways, and she turned around, she's like, yeah, 
and it lasted maybe that day and uh and maybe a little bit more of the next day and then it was over uh we never went out we never did anything <laughs> that song was just like i just remember being just crushed oh. and, uh, that song and just the chords the way that song is just oh my god it's just yeah uh, i still think about it now and i'm just like ooh, okay. <laughs> remembering that day and a half relationship <laughs> oh, it's a good one good while it lasted Oh, wonderful! I mean, I, I'll ask you now. Like, if you if you have a you know a low day, um, like, do you do you sort of immerse yourself in music that processes that emotion, or do you put on something positive to sort of move away from it? Are you happy to kind of sort of work through, you know, that that feeling listening to music that kind of right. accentuates? You know what I'm trying to say? I yeah, totally. I mean, sometimes it's good to just wallow in it, put something on that might not take you anywhere else. You can put yeah. on some Slayer and get out of it real quick. Or you can yeah. put something to, yeah. thing. But uh, sometimes it's good to maybe, uh, it might help cancel it out, I suppose, if you put on something that was a bit uh, not too far off from the from whatever your day is yeah. thrown at you, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then I think it may, maybe it counters it a bit and you can, you know, and I'm a person that has a, sh- I have a victim of shuffle, so if I put on a record, that's one thing or a whole album, that's one thing. But I always have uh, in my car, I have like a little hard drive and even on my phone, everything is sort of just, you know, in shuffle mode. So it yeah. could be this song and the next thing. And then I just, if I don't like it, I just tap next, next, yeah. next, you know? So that's sort of where I'm at. And then, um, and that's one way of getting out of a doldrum as well. You know, like, Oh shit, I just go boop, next song next. And it could be, you know, whatever it might be, but yeah. <clears throat> so I, um, how did you find school? Did you enjoy it? Uh, school hmm. yeah i mean you know um i had other plans well, definitely you know what i mean did you know what you wanted to be at school i did i wanted to be a rock and roll drummer yeah in a band well, you, you know done, what i mean you, you so, right there, mate. Yeah, yeah i mean still working on it knock on wood but um i always knew you know I, like, and again i worked in restaurants uh because those were great places i grew up in them as well and you know um my parents my my dad and uh, stepfather didn't they ended up having to pay bills so the music thing kind of went out you know and um that was one of their dreams as well so i think you know i took took that on but uh yeah i, I just always worked and and it's funny because i always had a job none of my other friends did so that they would be all out you know doing their thing skating and being wild and i'd go work and i would see him the next day and I'm like where did you go you know where you've been i was like well i was working man you know and yeah i was like look at my pockets they're swollen they have the mumps. They're swollen with money. They had, you know, like, cause I was working, man. So, you know, yeah. they're like, Oh, well, he's got money. He works. Oh, that's how you get money. So, but that was just getting to that, that particular spot. So I've mean, always worked in restaurants and then, um, and then it was, I had to be, I had to be in a band and we had to make this work come hell or high water, you know? So, I mean, uh, you know, at school was, was, was music something that was, was encouraged by teachers and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I still, I'm old enough to, I mean, it's really a shame these days, you know, there's, um, I mean, there are schools that have music programs and, but that was, I went to a public high school and, you know, in, in town um, and, and just a regular high school, a regular school, secondary school, you know, and, um, uh, but yeah, we had a great music program, arts and, and, and that's where I, you know, I obviously gravitated towards that, you know, that was, uh, I didn't really, I got into marching band and had the Sergeant Pepper yeah. suit and all that stuff later on that wasn't probably probably maybe i think it was a sophomore when i started getting in that and and uh the second year in high school and then jazz band as well but that was just a great thing those were uh like uh electives or a zero period before the, so the jazz band was early and but that consumed so much of my time because you had to like 
you know, we had to rehearse and we had these sectionals for the Martin, you know, we would go compete and all this, you know, and yeah. it was really, really amazing. I learned, I learned so much about, uh, I uh, just taught you a lot, man. You know, was you, um, was you a confident kid? I was a loved kid. I think, yeah. I mean, I definitely had, I was shy by all means, but I was loved, man. And, uh, I really believe that, that, that if you're loved, you could, you could, uh, you could conquer anything. You know what I mean? And it, it gave me the, I, I knew I was comfortable, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I was loved. I had great parents, great friends, uh, got along, got along with everyone in school, all the typical, especially in, you get into high school and it gets into cliques, you know, yeah. I got along with the, the jocks, the goths, the rockers, the everybody, you know, the yeah. skaters and the preppies, all these cliques in high school. It's kind of funny, you know, and, and, um, we call these people the heater people. They, they were, uh, they would always, the smokers, they, they, they were the heater people. They, they were by these, uh, old radiator heaters, you know, like old, you know, yeah. and they would always be smoking, uh, before they went in. And so I was friends with the heater people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, to, to, to try and carve out a living in, in, in the music industry, you know, is, is tough at any time. And was you, was you driven? Yeah, uh, definitely, man. You know, I, I just I just knew that I had to make it work, and and I got together with this group of guys uh, uh, when we were fifteen. Uh, Chino, Chino, and I were both fifteen. We were sophomores in high school, um, and we're still. I mean, there's obviously been a you know there's been a, a sad passing in our band over the years. There's been things. There's a few different members, but it's still those three guys, and we we had to make it work. There was no choice. Yeah. Yeah. It just had to, you know. Uh, and we worked our tails off to make it work, you know, so, and still knocking on wood yeah. and knocking on any surface for good luck. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you, you, you're knocking it out of the park. New single, incredible. I mean, I've not heard the album yet. Um, you know, what can we expect from that? I... Oh, man, I, it's just, again, you know, here we are. This is our ninth, uh, I think we've had 10 records. This is our ninth record that actually is out or will be out. So, uh, you know, it's each time it's just a, an amazing thing. Here we are. Um able to do this again, you know, and still on a record, you know, I mean, all these, there's so many changes in the business over the years and it's really, uh, you know, persevering and, and, you know, adapting and improving, you know what I mean? Uh, um, so to be still, to be still on Warner records, you know, after all these years and yeah. to have uh, another chance to make an album in a nice studio with, uh, with my best friends, man, and something else, you know what I mean? Um, all the while well, with so much changes and just, uh, just, you know, and just trying to find your uh, carve your little niche, you know, out in in, in the world, you know what I mean. So uh, yeah, we're just we're we're uh, we're uh, very very excited, very uh, pleased with the way things, you know. And it's uh, it's a good thing, man. You know, just after these years, to the music's really just a byproduct of us hanging out. Uh, yeah. So I, I always say it's it's the hang. Yeah. The hang is ninety percent, eighty percent of it. You know, the music, not to to uh, you know not to diminish the the music, but it's, yeah. it's just a byproduct of us hanging, man. You I know, mean, so. it's, it's, it's an impressive, um, you know, offshoot of just hanging out. I mean, my, my hangouts with my friends generally just, you know, end up with just a uh, drunken chat, trying to put the world to rights. You know, uh, I think it's, uh, you, you, you're damn playing just how good your hangouts are, mate. They're, oh. uh, they've spawned some incredible records. Well, and then, but uh, and just the, the amount of, sh- of just shit that we talk and, <laughs> And we can all we can all go right to that that button and just <laughs> anytime. But it's uh, everyone has learned over the years to just really just you know appreciate each other, man. And uh, we're we're just uh, we're we're some lucky dudes, lucky fellas, and uh, we're just uh, 
I'm ready to rock when we get the green light again. So oh, I hope that comes around soon, man. <laughs> oh, me too. Um, track four, I, the first record you remember buying from a record store. Mm. Okay. So there's two, uh, first record. I lived in a small town called Mendocino about 150 miles North of, uh, San Francisco up on the coast, little small town, uh, really special spot on earth. Uh, but anything that we needed, we would, and there was, there was of course a record store in town, you know, and, but we would go down, to, we would go, my parents would always go to San Francisco for school clothes or shopping for them. And we would, I would go to tower records on uh, Columbus, which is the first tower in, in Columbus, Columbus street, I believe Columbus and Bay it was a, the first tower in San Francisco. And I got the car, shake it up. And Iron Maiden, uh, Number of the Beast, if I remember correctly, with my own money. So, you know, I'd had things before, but those are the two things that I bought with my own, my own money. They're you know? two very different sounding records. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Has that always been the case? Just completely not, not phased by genre? Just if it's good, yeah, it's good. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, I was definitely turned on to, you know, a lot of, um, like, my, you know, blues and soul, you know, the 60s soul, soul R&B, early R&B, you know, um, and my parents and Motown, all that kind of stuff. But then a lot of, uh, you know, it was, it was a lot of hippie action up in Mendocino at that time too. And people that a lot of uh, larger star, rock people in the, in the, at the time had, uh, had property and land up on that part of the coast. So like, you know, some of the, like Billy Croyce from the, you know, from Grateful Dead, people had Booker T. Jones, different yeah. people had land up. So there are always these great musicians around. So I was exposed to everything, but I think, the maiden thing happened when I started getting there, like, Oh man, this is, you know, that's whoa. And I, I someone had the, uh, shout of the devil, uh, Motley Crue cassette. And I remember like looking and seeing the pinnacle, like, Oh my, what the hell is Jesus? <laughs> you know? And then I saw this other, this other, uh, Avenue you could take. And, but always the music lover of everything, man, exposed to tons at a young age and, and, and still always just trying to you know, turn on to something else. You know what I mean? So. How important did, did record stores become for you? I, Oh man, uh, they were like like they were the best. You know I mean, and, and and it's funny. Sacramento is where I'm from, and Tower Records uh, was actually from here. Started in Sacramento, it became this huge worldwide thing, you know. And um, and it, it as we started to travel as a band, it was always so comforting to see those the color and that slant, that font, like you know the tower. You knew you could just go in, and they had Tower books, Tower Records, video, and you could just go thumb through magazines. It was part of my routine. The one. Uh, in my town was just, was one of the first ones. It was just down, you know, uh, maybe a mile from my house. So I would just, it was part of my daily routine, skate down there, look at Thrasher, modern drum, all the skate, you know, and you could see these weirdos over in the corner looking at porn. I didn't even know. You see these weird little perverts, like looking at magazines, like a fishing magazine and a, up in the middle would be like a hustler or something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> and then Power Records, and I would rent the videos, you know, I would go pick up, uh, we were a Betamax house. You had VHS and Betamax. So I was, uh, I was Betamax. Yeah, I mean, it was a much better, I mean, smaller. Yeah. Come on, man, what the hell? So, yeah, I would go and pick up our, our, our movie rentals and return them as well. So it was just a huge, huge part. But record stores always, and to this day, um, and, you know, days off, uh, traveling the world, cruising around cities, towns, popping into, you know, and we just need to save them, you know. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard, man. But, um, Absolutely. Yeah. Track five, the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. So... Clubbing. This can be in rock clubs, Abe. Eh? This can be in like, you know. It's so not- my, I never had a clubbing period because I was out, we were uh, on the road, man, you know. So, but I mean, definitely went, you know, the the bus would be the, our tour bus would be the club. Um, 
And we play a game called I Got Next. And it would be, you know, the old aux cord. Now it's all wireless. But, I mean, you know, we, we would have a, I used to take, you know, huge booklets of CDs and everyone would stop bringing theirs because they knew I'd have mine. And then they would get scratched. And I would have to, you know, about 20. It's just one of those things. But we play I Got Next. And it, uh, whoever had... Um, the next song, it better be able to beat the one that's playing now. Yeah. And once it's, there's no stopping, it's it's a pretty common game. I think it's got different titles, but uh, but um, I mean, Purple Rain. We're all Prince freaks. There's Purple Rain as a record as a whole oh. was always a theme, always on. You know, I mean, there's better records or other. I don't know of of him of his, but uh, it's just one of those ones that we'd always put on. Uh, cool Keith sextile and uh. Uh, science fiction uh, uncle record when that because that was another one that had so many oh. you know this variety of you know and uh, different and those were those were like and i'm just i'm just picking out those three i could i can name three thousand more but those were like just staples for a really good period of time from maybe our second record on to our third and then still to this day we pop those things on so yeah. my clubbing was touring around you know the world and and okay right well i'm gonna i'm put- not complaining I'm going to put you on the spot, Abe, right? So we're going to play the game, right? I've just got the CD player, right? And I have just played Lonely Soul by Uncle, right? Yeah. And so I've then passed it to you. You've picked up the album Purple Rain. What track are you playing? Oh, man. I'm just going to kill you right now and put on Purple Rain. Stab you right in your heart, Stu. You win, man. You win. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Brilliant. Hello, I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search off the beat and track podcast and you can listen to all the songs because i've put playlists up for each of these if you can't find it on there i'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode so you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks hi this is craig robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from invesco qqq the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. Track six, Abe. Uh, a favorite song from an artist from your home county. Hmm. There are not many from Sacramento. There are some, a few, but I would pick uh, kind of an interesting song. It's uh, a song by Cake, the band Cake, um, who was funny. We both came up around the same time and we used to play shows together. It was an odd pairing, but it's just the way it was in town. We played with everybody all the time and you know they went on to do amazing things. And uh, there's a song called Arco Arena, which is uh, it's an instrumental. If I'm Yeah, it's an instrumental. There might be a couple of lyrics here and there. There's a de- two different versions, but uh, Arco Arena was the main arena in town. Uh, where all the concerts, the big concerts were at, and you know the uh, the our basketball team, the Sacramento Kings, who I believe are the world champions. If I had last time, no, maybe not. Um, they're not. Uh, so that song, Arco Arco Arena by Cake. It's it's really weird because Cake kind of um, had like pretty good success in the UK. Like I know when um, Distance come out, that that kind of blew up, and then was it Short Skirt? Have a short, short yep. skirt, yeah, and and I hadn't really paid much attention to them since. And when I got your list over, I went back and and I flicked through to, to find that track that you spoke to. That track that you've picked, that's got a serious groove, hasn't it? Oh yeah, they had gnarly groove. They were yeah, but that one's just that's why it's just it's uh it's just oh and the bang bang you know, but no, the groove is just like boom and yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, from playing uh, DJ on your tour bus, uh, Abe, uh, for the last track, uh, you can play DJ now and, and turn someone on to something they haven't heard. So for track seven, the song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Mm, well, this, this can change at any second, but I have a, one of my favorite bands, uh, I can judge a book by its cover, but, or don't, uh, is Dengue Fever. Uh, one of my favorite, I love that band so much. And there's this song called Hummingbird, man. That's off. Uh, they put out a, uh, they were, so they're, I don't know if you know about them or not, but I don't know too much about them. They're a band from LA. Um, and then they would play sort of Cambodian, uh, 60s, 70, uh, 60s psychedelic, which was a lot of the music being played for the GIs over in Vietnam war and all this stuff, you know, this, this time. And, and, uh, so their singer, there's a large, uh, Cambodian population in, uh, in, uh, in uh, like Long Beach, uh, SoCal, you know? And so she's the singer. She's, she sings in English and in Khmer too as well. So she's kind of got these, uh, and they, but the band basically goes back and forth. They, it's really a trip because they're playing sixties Cambodian psychedelic music with a new modern twist, but she's Cambodian. It's just neat. And they've gone back. There was this one movie, they put out a documentary, uh, Sleepwalking the Mekong. So that's the song it's called Hummingbird. And it's just, it floors me all the time. It's just, I, I can't say anything else about it. It's a very mellow song. goes for a few minutes before the band kicks in, and it is right off into the sunset, man. So, How did you discover uh, him? My cousin, uh, who lives in Hawaii, he's my Hawaiian cousin. He just said one day, he sent me, uh, you know, some, hey, check this out, and check this out. It was somebody else, I can't remember, and it was Dengue Fever's first record. And they were on Peter Gabriel's label for a while as well, too. And, and did, uh, I think they did their first record up in, in, uh, in Bath where his studio was at and, yeah. and, and yeah. And the new world, I believe. And that's uh, right. 
Yeah. And, um, it's just, they're just cool, man. And then they haven't, they've, you know, they've had a few records since then, but, um, they're just one of my little things that I love and make me happy. Well, hopefully that's going to make other people happy because, um, I will put together a, a Spotify playlist to accompany this podcast so people can go and listen to all the, uh, tracks that you've picked and other songs that we spoke about. And we're, we'll throw, um, some new Deftone stuff on there as well. Um, and so as it would appear, the world is slowly finding its way out of, um, lockdown and you know the the bizarreness that we've we've been experiencing for the last sort of four or five months um what are you looking forward to most and what what have you got coming up i want to go to brunch <laughs> simple pleasures i simple pleasures I go to brunch with my friends, <laughs> eat sip and talk shit and uh but i really want to go I want everyone to be well, obviously, you know, and that's everyone around the world. Uh, I want to go to brunch and I want to go on tour. <laughs> I want to go. We were, we were, uh, we had been off for a couple of years, obviously making a record and we decided to take some time off uh, as a band too. And that was about a year, which turned into two years. Uh, we were still able to pop a record out and write a record in that time. But uh, that was beautiful. But we were, we were eight hours away from leaving to start a tour down in a couple weeks down in Australia and New Zealand. And I was packed and ready no to go. Why? And then I think this is already kind of COVID was around, but I was like, I was like, Hey, I think, I think we got it guys. I think we're going to, I think we're, I think we're leaving. And then boop. And, uh, my bags are still packed. Yeah. Wow. I was five. I was almost six months ago, man, which is insane. So it's crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I just, uh, you know, just, we got to be smart. And if everyone would just do their damn part and stop being assholes about this, yeah, uh, totally. Uh, we could get this behind us, man. Uh, and it looks like it's slowly going that way, but it, man, can we just do our part? Yeah, of course, mate. And you know? keep keep that bag packed, eh? Because you know the UK wants some Deftone shows, and uh, and as soon as it's safe to do, man, like I really look forward to uh, to seeing that. And in the meantime, when's the record out? Uh, it's looking, uh, I believe, September twenty fifth in the states, but I'm not even sure. There's, I think it might be just a worldwide release. I don't know if it am. There she is. Yes, 25th of uh, September. Wonderful. I yeah. thank you so much for your time today. Best of luck Dude. with the record. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Stu, thank you so much, man. That was a blast. There you have it. What an absolute dude Abe was. So cool, you know. Who says don't meet your heroes? Yeah, don't listen to them people. Um, yeah, um, I can't thank Abe enough for his time. Um, thanks again, Em, for um, facilitating that interview. Um, thank you to you lot for listening. It's much appreciated. As mentioned at the beginning, why not go and have a look in the archives now and see if there's any other uh, musicians, comedians, actors, DJs um, that you want to listen to me chatting to uh, them about their creative journey to date. Um, yeah, I think that's me done. Um, Patreon stuff, merch stuff, all of that. Anything you need to know about this podcast is at offthebeatentrackpodcast.com. Right, I'll see you next time. Thanks again. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in Southend-on-Sea, just up the road from me. 
They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of Off The Beaten Track Podcast. It's Off The Beaten Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.